Aim High in SeaTac, a podcast about aerospace, facts and data about a hidden industry, an industry that needs to be tapped into. The needs are vast and the opportunities are endless for you, your family, and your economy. Join me and let's learn more about this week's topic. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Aim High in SeaTac, a podcast that touches on a little bit of something for everyone. My name is Yvette Wilson, and I'm the host of this podcast. The mission of my podcast is to educate people of all demographics about aerospace. The information I share with you on this podcast will include only facts and data provided directly from known sources, such as the Labor Bureau of Statistics, the FAA, and other known sources. Please keep in mind, the purpose of this podcast is to share information so that you can learn about a hidden secret that has many lifelong careers that can not only make you stronger, but also our states, our counties, and our cities more economically strong through aerospace. An industry that won't stop growing. An industry that will only become larger as we continue to advance and travel. And an industry that needs to be discovered. So please, help me spread the word, and let's continue. This week's podcast is aimed towards transitioning military members. This week we'll provide you with a roadmap to obtaining your FAA mechanic certificate with a rating in airframe and our power plant. So let me expand a little bit more. Um, since I've been, um, I guess, going to different career fairs and stuff and, and encountering uh, military members, I find that, especially near the JBLM base, many have worked on airplanes um, while they served in the military, whether it be Air Force, Navy, Marines, um, Coast Guard, etc. And what they find is they say, Miss Wilson, I don't want to go to school for 22 months. I've been doing this for, for uh, 30 plus months. Uh, or, you know, they've been doing it for a very long time. And some of them have high ranking high rankings in the military and I can understand why they don't feel like they should go to have to go to school for 22 months when frankly they could be our instructors. I totally understand that. However, um, in order for you to, even though you have the skills or you feel like you have the experience, there's different steps that need to be taken in order for you to get the FAA to sign off on your experience in lieu of education. Now, remember, that doesn't necessarily mean that you, um, let's just say you fixed, you fixed airplanes for 30 months um, and you go to the FAA and you show them, you know, this is what I've done. It's still, even if they sign off and say, okay, yes, you're eligible to sit and take the, uh, the FAA exam um, in both ratings, airframe and power plant, you have to be prepared to take that test. Um, testing is a lot different than working on an airplane. You're actually taking a test. So um, what this is going to help you do, it's going to help expedite the process in which to receive your FAA mechanics certificate with a rating in airframe and our power plant. So what will happen next is once you get the FAA's blessing and signed off, you will then take this information to a school such as Aviation Institute of Maintenance 
And what they would do is look at this information and um, allow you to take a five-week course to refresh up, uh, to give you a refresher on the test in which you're going to have to take. And from there, you um, take your written, oral, and practical exam, and um, you're ready to go. So that's just an introduction of what, what you're going to learn. Um, but I'm going to expand a lot more. I just wanted to give you an introduction so that my audience understands what they're getting into. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Um, I'm going to make it as brief and easy to understand as possible so that um, the transitioning military members can, can get their career um, jump started quickly. Again, thank you for tuning in and let's get started. All right, so what does your roadmap to obtaining your airframe and power plant rating look like? Well, it's a series of seven very basic steps to get you started in the right direction. And, of course, we will expand on each step as necessary. Included, I've included here um, a very basic checklist of the steps in order that are necessary to obtain your AMP license. I found this checklist um, while I was surfing the internet um, doing my own research on this very subject and um, this website actually has this really great checklist. It was in line with exactly um, what I was looking for um, in the name of the website should you want more information www.airframeandpowerplant.com um, it has a, a plethora of stuff. So, anyhow, I want you to take a look at this um, very basic checklist, and if you'd like, you could copy and paste it into a larger window and print it out and go along with me, um, or just listen. But these are the seven steps that we're going to go through, um, one at a time, and hopefully I shouldn't have to spend more than a couple minutes on each one. So, let's, let's go. Let's get started now. Okay, so step one. Uh, it's very basic, actually, at the very beginning. You must have prior aircraft mechanic experience before you begin to apply for or take the required Federal Aviation Administration test. That's very important to know because it's the first step, and without it, you can't start to go to the next. So, what kind of experience are they looking for? Well, they need at least 30 months of prior experience working on aircraft, either while um, in the military, uh, whether you served as a Marine or a, in the Army or the Navy um, or any of the, any of the branches, um, or you could have had a career um, in aviation but on the civilian sector and perhaps you had um, a licensed FAA mechanic um, sign off on things that you did while working under them. Um, or I think I said by enrolling and completing courses at an FAA approved school like Aviation Institute of Maintenance. So 
a part of the step two that's important is um, I think that it's important that we go over quickly the eligibility page that has a lot more details about the requirements to become a certified or licensed airframe and power plant mechanic as prescribed by the Federal Aviation Administration. So I want to continue on to step one just a little bit more so we can just go over the eligibility requirements page together. Okay, so um, now that I went over the requirements for um, airframe and power plant, for those of you that worked on avionics equipment, um, you might be wondering, do I need any other certificate to work on avionics equipment? Well, the answer is, if you have an airframe certificate, you don't need any other certificate, but you must be properly trained and qualified and have the proper tools and equipment. You can even work on avionics equipment without a certificate. If you have avionics repair experience from the military, or from working for avionics manufacturers and related, related industries. I hope this sums up the requirements for the avionics um, certificate requirements. Okay, so let's talk about the FAA experience requirements to become an aircraft mechanic. Um, we already know that you need at least 30 months of experience or have attended an AMP school. Um, or have worked at a repair station. Well, for the purpose of this uh, for this podcast, I want to really focus on the requirements, the experience requirements to become an aircraft mechanic if you have fixed aircraft for 30 months while working in the armed forces. Now, I, I come across, like I said earlier, a lot of military men that have 30 months or more experience fixing airplanes. And many of you um, need to understand the process in which to get the, um, the FAA to sign off. So instead of me getting caught up in all the things that we probably already know the requirements and what types of schools to go to and things, we know that you need at least 30 months of experience. Um, we also need to make sure that you're in, this, in special ratings um, because you need an airman certificate and a rating application. And what this is going to do, it's going to tell the FAA, okay, well, this is the work processes that you've done. So what I'm going to do is, um, so we can get this going forward, this, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you how to gather your documentation, get it prepared, and um, to go see the FAA and sit with them. So what I'm trying to do is get you to have a package of information um, prepared and ready to go when you go see the FAA. So now that we know what the requirements are, let's go ahead and move on to step number two. Step number two is going to be documentation. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with step two. Step two, it's time to gather and organize um, all of your documentation in a detailed and complete way detailing your aircraft maintenance experience. The documents should include aircraft types and numbers of applicable payslips, photo identification, procedures performed, and signatures from your supervisors. So to make this a little easy, what I've done was I um, included a sam an example of a resume from a young man I met at a career fair. And as you can see, 
he has, um, he was a, his MLS was a, he was in the Air Force and his MLS was a 2A554 aircraft mechanic re refuel bomber. Um, and if you look down, the next step that you would have to do is you would need to, um, based on your MLS, you're gonna, you wanna verify that your MLS is listed on the, um, on the FAA MLS specialty codes. If it's listed, then you're ready to determine how many hours and document your experience you need for each area. So for this example, we found him, here he is, um, here's the military occupational specialty code. Here he is at 2A554, refuel bomber, aircraft maintenance journeyman. Um, and his, uh, his credible experience will could obtain him up to an airframe and a power plant um, rating. So uh, the next step that you would take is as soon as you figure out that your MLS is one that that actually will be accepted, um, we need to document your practical work experience. So in order to do that, the first thing that you're going to have to do is, or one of the things that you could do is um, use US maps. It's the United States Military Apprentice Program. Um, you can find it at uh, https forward slash usmap.netc.navy.mil. Um, and when you come here, the cool thing is, is this US Maps, it allows you to go choose your rate, your, your military branch, and then you'll choose the rating that you want. In this case, we went ahead and we chose airframe and power plant. And um, when we chose airframe and power plant, what comes up is the work process schedule. And if you look at the work process schedule, it tells you specifically how many hours you are required to perform a specific task under each, each necessary um, rating. So, and if you look at my PowerPoint, um, if you see on the left hand screen, the practical work experience for FAA AMP endorsement, this form is the actual form that the um, audit inspectors use when they evaluate your work experience. So when you take this package of information, the audit inspector is gonna have the, um, the document on the left looking. And when you go, if you have your work set up, if you have your document set up so nicely and you're signed up for US Maps, um, you could have this work process schedule signed off. And if you look, it documents the exact number of hours that you need to, um, you need to have in each area. So that, that's very, very, very important. So let's talk about US Maps just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> U.S. Maps is an apprenticeship program, but what it does is it allows you to document your military experience while working. So it sounds like what the military is allowing you to do is they're saying, hey, this is like an apprenticeship. Have your supervisors document everything you do and sign up for this apprenticeship thing and they track all of your time and hours. So when you finish your apprenticeship, if you did choose to use US Maps as a way to document your time, I suggest you do it sooner than later. If you're getting ready to retire, this probably isn't the best route to take, but I'll give you a couple other ways that you could document your experience. 
Um, but the cool thing is when you finish your apprenticeship, you'll get a certificate in the mail and the mail will have completion details and it'll tell you it'll be issued to the Department of Labor um, and a journeyman card will be mailed out to you. Um, so that's the cool thing about this. It does two, it does, it does a double, a double thing. It, it, it gives you a journeyman license automatically from the U.S. Department of Labor, but it also doc, tracks your time that you spent, um, working as an airframe, an airframe or power plant mechanic. And it allows you to expedite your ability to get your FAA license. Um, another way that you could document your experience is through um, uh, another way to document your um, ex your experience or your time is through um, your you could get your joint service training records from JST. Um, basically, what you do is you register in the system the, uh, at https forward slash jst dot doded dot mil. And you go in there and you request your official transcripts. And this also will help you to use for documentation when submitting your information to the FAA. So if you don't have or you're not signed up for us maps you can always sign up and go get your joint service training certificate and if you look at my website or if you look at the powerpoint presentation i have a um, copy of that website here and if you'd like i could also email you specific directions um, for how to obtain these your GST transcripts. Um, okay, so let's talk about two other ways to track your how to track and document your information. Um, one is the AMS AMT logbook. This can be purchased at Amazon, obviously, for less than twenty dollars. This was really, really um, smiled upon by the FAA. They really thought that this was a great idea and a great way for people to document their experience without coming in with 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 piles and piles and piles of documentation that they have to sift sift through and remember they don't have a whole lot of time to sift through every single document so you want to go there and have a, as little bit of paper with the most information on it as possible and the best way to do that is to have an amt logbook or on the u.s maps you could also use the u.s maps work experience log So let's recap on the document experience and how to document your experience. Remember, you need to have verifiable experience and you must have verifiable experience in 50% of the subject areas listed for the rating sought after and it must meet the requirements of part 147. Um, you need to include your proper ID. A valid and positive form of ID is required. Um, you need to have your DD-214 a certificate of release or discharge from active duty, a letter from your um, executive officer, maintenance officer, or other qualified um, person. And you are going to, uh, 
then the FAA inspector is going to evaluate all of these documents and determine if you're eligible to test. Now for this example, what I'd like to do is just assume that he, he was able to supply the, the appropriate documentation to the FAA inspector and the inspector was ready to um, give him his, his, um, his 8610-2. But let me just back up again a bit. We finally have all of our documents together and now we're ready to find the local FISDO office. So let's go ahead and get on to step three. Okay, so step three. Um, this is the, this is the um, exciting part. You get to finally get all of your documentation that you've, you've um, put together and you're gonna visit your local flight standards district office, the FISDO office. And um, in order to find out where your local FISDO office is, you'll just go to the website, faa.gov, and you'll click on the link, um, and you could enter the state in which you, you're, you're living in, and you'll hit go, and it'll tell you where your local FISDO office is. Now, when you call, um, you're going to have to call to find out when they accept people to come in to review, to review their records. Sometimes it could be done, uh, sometimes they do it once a month, sometimes every other two weeks, or you have to make an appointment two weeks in advance. So it's important that you call and find out. Um, this is when you will present all of your documentation proving that you're qualified to proceed with the tests. You'll be asked oral questions about your work history, aircraft and engine types, procedures performed, etc. Be sure that your photo IDs are up to date, name and address are correct, and that all the information matches any forms the FAA may issue. If all of your documentation is in order, the FAA will issue an 8610-2 form. You must have the 8610 before taking the, the written or oral and practical tests. Alright, so uh, step four. After obtaining your 8610, the next step is to study. Um, well, the next step is to go to a school such as Aviation Institute of Maintenance who offers a five-week course. And what this five-week course does is it prepares you to take your FAA exams. Um, it, you'll go and you'll, you'll sit in the classroom for five weeks and they'll prepare you. Um, on and attached to the slide is a is a um, a pamphlet of what the program is all about if you're interested or if you qualify and or if that's what you're trying to obtain basically what these what the school does is it they prepare you and then you take your um, FAA exam Okay, so the fifth step, once you go to school, um, you're now ready to take the FAA's three airframe and power plant written test, general, power plant, and airframe. You must take the test at a testing center authorized by the FAA to give the aircraft mechanic authorized to give you the written test. And you must obtain at least a 70% score on each of the three tests in order to pass and move on to the oral and practical exam. Um, you, I'm sure you could, you should be able to find some more information on the FAA's website about the written test so you can prepare yourself more.
Okay, so step five, you're ready to take the FAA's three airframe and power plant written test. The general power plant and airframe. Um, you have to take these tests at a training center authorized by the FAA to give the to give you the written test. And you must obtain at least 70% score on each of the three tests in order to pass and move on to the oral and practical exams. Um, when you're ready to take your, the sixth step is taking your oral and practical exams. When you're ready to take your oral and practical exams, you'll have to do that with a designated uh, mechanic examiner or a DME. And you would probably, you'll be able to get more information on your oral and practical exam at the FAA's um, website or during your, during your visit with the FISDO. And finally, um, once you, upon successful completion of your oral and practical exam, you'll be issued a temporary license by the designated mechanic examiner, and a permanent AMP license would be mailed to you within 120 days from the federal uh, from the Federal Aviation Administration. So I hope that the parts that was very that I impressed on was the documentation and how to how to document it and where to go to do it it was what i was really pressing upon most on this um podcast because that was pressed upon to me by um an audit inspector at a local FISTO office your documentation is going to show everything um and i want to thank you for tuning into my podcast this evening and i want to apologize that i um did not air or post at Monday at 7 p.m. like I, I I said I would, but I had uh, a bit of some te- some technical difficulties, but I was able to get through that. And I just want to thank everyone again for listening in, and I hope that everyone gets some value out of my podcast and someone learned something. And if you um, know somebody that would find value in this, please please like and share. And again, thank you for taking your time out of your busy day to listen to the podcast and have a great evening.